Welcome to the Unilever and Spark Change Innovation for Good podcast, a series exploring the people and ideas sparking positive change in the world. In this episode, we're talking to Unilever North America's Head of Diversity and Inclusion, Tish Archie Oliver, about what inclusion really means and why sometimes we all get it wrong. Accountability. Inclusion starts with personal accountability, which we then should bring to our organizations and ultimately we must hold our partners and our communities accountable to. Fostering a truly inclusive company and advocating for a more diverse natural products industry at large also demands authenticity and consistency. And of course, there will be hard conversations that require an open mind and an open heart. Sometimes we're too scared to ask questions because after all, that could signify that we don't have the answers, right? No, we need to ask these questions, the questions that may leave us feeling vulnerable. What is the true meaning of inclusion? How do we transform understanding and awareness into action? And what happens when we do get it wrong? I'm Jessica Rubino, Executive Director of Content for New Hope Network, and I had the opportunity to connect with Unilever's Tish Archie Oliver about implementing DEI initiatives and why no one person can do this alone. Tish, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Now let's talk about diversity and inclusion. And I wanna start that conversation with what is it? How do you define inclusion at Unilever? Yeah, great question. So. Inclusion is the active and intentional behavior of valuing, supporting, and respecting others. It is seeking different perspectives and valuing those perspectives when you're making decisions. Research shows that companies that embrace diversity and inclusion strategically outperform their competitors, which really makes diversity, equity, and inclusion a business case for us. And so for us at Unilever, we believe that inclusion is critical. It is both a business and moral imperative. And so we start at the top by building inclusive leaders. Our leaders have gone through an extensive inclusive leader training program, which has equipped them with the tools to express, model, and reinforce inclusive behaviors. We offer our leaders both formal and informal training to deepen their understanding of bias and cultural competence. And then our leaders also serve as sponsors of our business resource groups, which for the most part are affinity-based groups with strategies that align to our overarching diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy and really bring that work to life. So let me ask you then, is, is inclusion something that can be taught? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. Inclusion has to be part of the fabric of an organization. There's a lot of uh, canned, you know, talk about companies wanting people to bring their authentic selves to work. And so when we say we want people to bring their authentic selves to work, it's really important that we have a workforce that is culturally competent and is able to sincerely and authentically value, support, and respect people's full authenticity. And so the question whether or not inclusion can be taught, 
I think it has to be part of an organization's values. And I think anyone working for that organization has to understand that it is a critical component of the organization. How do you ensure that it is a critical part of an organization, not just in these moments in time when there's flare-ups and when these conversations are are louder or more prevalent, but in those times when no one's talking about it? How do you make sure that it's top of mind for your company all yeah. the time? Yeah, so, so inclusion really has to be integrated into the organization. And it has to be built into everything that we do. It's really critical that we approach all things through a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. And so that's anywhere from our approach to talent, whether it be talent acquisition, performance management, succession planning, or any of the decisions that we make in the market. Because the true benefit of inclusion allows you to be able to drive sustainable growth for your client, your customers, um, and the communities that you serve. And it is when you get to a place of true inclusion that you're able to unlock the potential of your workforce and unlock the potential of your business strategy. Now, you talked a little bit about this, about scaling sustainably and scaling, you know, the, the various initiatives, great initiatives that you have going on across Unilever. I'm curious, you know, how do you take this on so confidently? It's really a big task to be leading these efforts at a company the size of Unilever with such a massive footprint. So how do you take something like that on in your day to day? That's a great question. And first, let me thank you for recognizing the profound responsibility that a person has sitting in a diversity, equity, and inclusion role. Um, I will tell you, I have been in human resources for 21 years and touching this work for approximately 14 years, and my passion for it grows every single day. The first thing uh, that I try to remember is that I am a change agent and ultimately responsible for developing and implementing the diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy, but I am not alone in this responsibility. The responsibility doesn't solely live in my department. It is the work and it is the responsibility of the entire makeup of Unilever. And so while I may be at the helm of this work, we make decisions collaboratively and ultimately for the greater good of Unilever and society. Do we always get it right? No, we don't. Sometimes we actually get it wrong, but together we make those decisions and we make them in an inclusive and authentic way as much as possible. You know, do we have more work to do? Absolutely. Um, but it is my responsible responsibility to hold us accountable and to ensure that we have a fair and equitable workplace where everyone has the opportunity to succeed. I, I really appreciate the fact that you also acknowledge that sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes we all get it wrong, right? And so I think that's a really important part of the conversation is not just you know, when we're nailing it and we feel like we've achieved our goals. But what about when we miss the mark? How do you how do you recover from missteps, whether that be as individuals or as entire organizations? That's a great question. And I think the first step is acknowledging that we made a misstep. 
right? Um, acknowledging that maybe it wasn't the best decision, understand what the learning was from that experience, and then really thinking about a path forward, right? And so having uh, a method to approach that work going forward should that that experience arise again. But the first step, I think, is acknowledging that that you made a misstep. And again, you know, ultimately, um, being transparent and building trust through transparency and seeing that I think every leader will tell you that it's it's critical to admit that you've made a mistake. But I think what's even more critical is to create a path to move forward. And and recognizing that that transparency is the only way to to truly build trust. Let me just say I love talking to you. <laughs> I really enjoy our conversation. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of the specific things happening at Unilever. I've had the opportunity to learn a little bit about Unilever Marketers Against Racism. Can you share a bit about that initiative? Yeah, I'm really proud of the work that my colleagues are doing in marketing. Uh, they're doing some amazing things to advance their understanding of social and racial injustice, but not only understanding it, but really putting their understanding into action. And, and that is what myself and my colleagues in diversity, equity, and inclusion call success. The marketers recognize the role that they play currently and have historically played in promoting and selling products, images, and messages many of which have shaped societal and racial stereotypes, and they are doing something about it. They've made that decision. They have a well-thought-out strategy that is integrated into the way that they work, starting with awareness and accountability. They are committed to identifying, discussing, and challenging issues of race as they relate to the, our brands and our marketing operation. They are committed to creating an anti-racist environment, ensuring that is reflected in our brands and our culture ensuring better representation within our U.S. and global agency partners, ensuring that we have diversity around the table internally at Unilever, and ensuring that we have diversity in our casting and our suppliers throughout the production process. And last but certainly not least, you know, helping to end systemic racism in the world. We have pledged over $8 million to organizations and activists working for social justice and racial equality, which ultimately amplifies the impact of these organizations and Black voices. So I'm really proud of their work and their dedication to this work. And it's it's remarkable how comprehensive it is and really looking at this topic holistically and and from my conversations with you, I understand that, you know, you're looking at diversity and inclusion within your organization, within society and globally. I'm curious, what are your goals for creating not just a fair and equitable company at Unilever, but um, you kind of touched on this, but an entire ecosystem that supports cultural competency? What would that look like in five, 10 years from now if you had it your way? Yeah. You know, the first goal is ensuring that everyone, be it internal or external, is aware of our commitment to equity and what equity actually means. And as an organization that is focused on putting equity at the center, it's really imperative for 
us to bring not only our employees, but our external partners along on this journey with us, right? And understanding that we're not all starting from the same point, and that sometimes we need to provide support and resources to those that have been disproportionately impacted by what we know as social societal norms, excuse me. Internally, we are conducting an equity and culture assessment, right? To review all of our HR practices. That's anywhere from our talent acquisition, performance management, and succession planning process to really understand if and where there are barriers for people to either enter into the company or successfully matriculate through the organization. And then we will make modifications to our practices, our policies, our processes to ensure that there are no barriers in place. We will continue to build our inclusive leaders and culturally competent workforce so that when we ask people to bring their authentic selves to work, like I mentioned before, we actually have a workforce that values that authenticity. Externally, it's really about making our stakeholders and partners aware of these commitments and holding them, holding them accountable to the same standards that we have in place for our employees. Our diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy and commitments have to be integrated into everything that we do, and I firmly believe that it has to be done with authenticity and full transparency. Thanks, Tish. And one final question, just to take it you know, down to a very personal and individual level. What's your recommendation for people who want to be having these conversations but don't know how? That's a great question. And I think that's a question that many of us find ourselves in, in the workplace. And so I would say start with having a sense of self and really thinking about how you grew up how you learned to define culture, where did you go to school, where did you live, where did you go to church, when did you start having conversations about diversity or difference or race or religion, and really go down that journey with yourself to understand how you have reached the point of understanding how you've reached your mindset and the behaviors that you have. Because before you can go into a conversation with anyone about their experience or about how they're feeling, you first have to have sense of self. And then I would say develop authentic relationships with people and acknowledge that you may not always have the right words. It's really critical for us to be very transparent with our colleagues and to be able to share where we are as individuals on the journey so that they understand that when you're having conversations with them, you may not always get it right, but you intend to be able to come to them with a conversation and you want them to be able to listen without judgment, with an open heart and an open mind. And I think it is when we get to that place, when we reach a mutual level of respect and understanding that we'll be able to have some of these very difficult conversations, conversations that have been seen as polarizing for far too long, but conversations that are very prevalent in the workplace. Thank you, Tish. I want everyone in the world to hear those words that you just ended with. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and thank you for the incredible work that you're doing with Unilever. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Jessica.